<laughs> Why don't we open with that? Why don't we open with more grunting on our episodes? your favorite quote from Clueless that you remember? Oh, oh goodness. Rolling with the homies. Yeah. You know, balls flying at my face. Is that a line from this movie? As if that's a movie. Oh, I like it when she says Calvin Klein because she says it in a very specific way. Calvin, it's Calvin Klein. It's Calvin Klein. Okay. I've only seen this once. That's why I'm <gasps> struggling. Hey, Damon. Yeah. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot. This is the podcast that you and I do together. Oh, okay. It's where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. First, I'm hearing about it. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll revisit things from our childhood and see if they were any uh-huh. good. And, and, Hold on, uh, I'm writing this down. My name's DJ, just in case you forgot. Should I say my name even though you've said my name? Yes. I'm Damon. You know, you already to said you? that. You already oh, said that. I shouldn't say it again. No. Okay. Now I made it weird. Hey, listener. Hello. We're actually talking to you now. We're going to talk about Clueless today. Sorry, that was terrible. Should I just do that whole thing again? No, keep it. It's all great. They're our friends. Like equals. (laughs) Like friends, Jerry. (laughs) Today we're talking about Clueless, 1995. Oh, thank you. I thought you were just waving. (laughs) Alicia Silverstone. Stacey Dash. Of Stacey Dash. America's favorite conservative voice. Brittany Murphy. Stacey Dash. Donald Faison. Donald Faison, a very, very young, but still looking almost exactly the same, Paul Rudd. Dan Hedaya, not looking very young. No, looking like a a pit bull, like like (laughs) usual. Yeah, looking like a college mascot. Yeah. You haven't seen this movie since the 90s, is that what you said? No, that's not what I said. So, first off, how dare you? That's why I I've seen it once. It's one of those movies that just was not a movie I saw. I said I was sorry, and I was forced by my lover to watch it. Okay, recently? Somewhat recently, like maybe two or three years ago. Okay, so this is pretty fresh on your brain. And I I think I annoyed him because what my skill is, as we've covered in previous episodes, is recognizing other actors by name. Sure. And my brain doesn't have an ability to not say them out loud at the top of my lungs. <laughs> so I think it, this movie is a rife with character actors from previous movies in the older roles, and then a lot of like up-and-coming stars in yeah. the uh, younger roles. Wallace Shawn, for example, is in this. America's favorite lateral lisp. Yes. Actually, frontal lisp. Dan Hedaya, like I just said. Mm-hmm. The sexual enthusiastic friend on Look Who's Talking. Gotta hand it to her. Oh, she plays uh, the history teacher. That's right. I didn't even put that together. She might actually hold on. Hold on. A little quick research for everybody. Let's do some quick uh, research music. What's all flawless? <laughs> you know what I like about it? It's flawless. <laughs> no, she's not the person I was thinking. Twink okay. Kaplan is the woman from Look Who's Talking. Oh, okay. She plays, I think, like the history teacher, or one of the teachers in this movie. Yeah. Okay. And now, uh, what's her name? R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. Yeah, Brittany Murphy is in yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is a, a breakout role for Alicia Silverstone, but she had been in at least some of the Aerosmith videos already, right? By the time this movie came out? Yeah, at least two, right? Because I think she was in three total, three or four. 
Yeah, do, it's a do trilogy. People know, do like I know people a lot of people our age know this, but like do the kids who still know who Alicia Silverstone is, do they know about the Aerosmith videos? Like is that lost to time or is that like those were a very big deal as well? We must have talked about those during Armageddon. And probably Lord of the Rings, because I remember <laughs> them. Because Tyler was in them. As a young male of burgeoning sexuality when those came mm-hmm. out. Burgeoning heterosexuality as well. Yes, and those were very that important. That was target audience for those Aerosmith yeah. videos. Yes. I mean, you're already watching an Aerosmith video, so they might as well put in some live women. Including the lead singer's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, would there be a specific age range of people who'd be aware... Of Alicia Silverstone, but not, the other. but not aware of Aerosmith, because no offense to Alicia Silverstone, she's a storied actress with many roles under her belt, but her heyday was very much <laughs> the mid-90s, and yes. so I'm trying to think if, would kids even know her today? Uh, they probably know her mostly as the mom from the most the recent- The Babysitter's Club. Canceled Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> this movie rules, in my recollection, and I've seen it recently enough that i feel like i'm not going to be surprised by by it continuing to rule yeah i'm gonna you know i'm gonna look hard i'm gonna watch hard but i don't (laughs) expect my opinion to change Mm -hmm. you're gonna put your eyeball right on the screen i'm gonna get those guys from a clockwork orange just tape my eyes open and just put the little eye droplets i'm gonna watch the hell out of this movie yeah this meant nothing to you growing up this movie so we have nothing to talk about here no and and i don't want to hold it against clueless but Clueless was a, a wide-ranging, many people loved Clueless, mm-hmm. but a lot of the people I associate with loving the movie Clueless were the people in my high school that are best described as stone-cold bitches <laughs> that I did not like. <laughs> mean, mean girls, to use the language of a slightly slightly later time. Yeah. So I, I had a predilection to avoid those type of movies out of just projecting. So I tended to avoid Clueless. And I've, I will admit, I missed out on a lot of fun movies because sometimes those girls had good taste. Not in boys at my school, but in movies sometimes. Right, in movies. And this this is one of those that like, because of the age that I was when it came out, and like it could have easily fallen into like, that's a girl movie, I'm not going to watch it. But because they had so many Stone Cold Foxes in it, Mm-hmm. You can be a Stone Cold bitch or you can be a Stone Cold Fox. Those are the two yeah, routes. those are the two choices. Sto- or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are the three <laughs> options for Stone Coldedness. Austin 316, which means, please watch Clueless. Be kind, rewind. When it's done. a very specific Bible verse for his Bible. I still don't really follow the Stone Cold you thing. Think he seems like a fun guy, though, actually. He does. So I, I don't know if my, like maybe my sister watched this. I'm not like, where did I first encounter this because i can't imagine specifically going to pick the you know pick this out at the video store or go to see it in the movie but at some point i was i have seen this movie hundreds of times probably like maybe dozens (laughs) were you an emma super fan because you know this i know this is a modernization of emma so that might be what it was i definitely knew that i definitely made all the references Mm -hmm. when i was watching it and i definitely was like okay i don't like well they did that from Emma a little differently. You probably just went with all your Austin, your Jane Austen book club to go see Clueless. Well, my club was imaginary, but I did bring all the books to the movie theater. So <laughs> that's your book club. That's my book club. A club full of books. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil your your verdict, but did you like it when you watched it a couple of years ago? I can't remember, DJ. We'll oh, just great. have to find out. <laughs> okay, together. great. I mean, I do remember, but I'm keeping a secret. Okay, it's a secret. 
Well, it's called tell, don't show. That's what I always say. <laughs> well, I have nothing else to say, so let's watch Clueless. What do you say? Great. Uh, I'll meet you there at the okay, Clueless Cinema. Watch along with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Damon. Yes? Do you think if Cher Horowitz were living in the present day, she would support any of her favorite podcasts on Patreon.com, especially Patreon.com slash Your Inner Child's an Idiot? We'd be one of her favorite podcasts, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, are we talking about Act 1, Cher Horowitz, or Act 3, Cher Horowitz, <laughs> when she gets really, you know, worldly and like yeah. trying to do the right thing? I definitely think Act 3... And this is the right thing. This is the right uh, thing, you yeah, know, yeah. This podcast is definitely one of the things that you should you should be as concerned about with you know bosnia you know pollution uh-huh. and a podcast a form of media that won't exist for another 25 years <laughs> i do think act three share is more likely to you know support a, her local npr station <laughs> which is similar <laughs> um, to what we're doing mm-hmm. hard-hitting important reporting with a slight liberal bias <laughs> <laughs> and we both have smooth smarmy voices and expensive was coming in to you, uh, we're talking about Clueless today. If you're just joining us, that's it. I that's didn't it. have anything that's else. <laughs> I was hoping that you'd cut me off, but you didn't. So be like Act Three, Share Horowitz. Your inner child is an idiot.com will lead you to Patreon page, and you can <laughs> what? Patreon.com slash Are you explaining a 301 redirect to everyone? <laughs> what is going on show. here? Support the show. Just, just do it or don't. It's fine. <laughs> Ads. How ads work. Do it or don't. That's implied, ad. (laughs) You know that the Clueless... I remember that there was a Clueless TV show that some of the cast returned for, but it ran for three seasons? I did not remember the Clueless TV show at all until Did you discover it? Oh, okay. Everyone returned... Except for... Alicia. Cher. Alicia. Well, Alicia was busy. I think it sounded like she was under a studio contract or something. There was some, like, reason. Hmm. Which, you know, could be fake. Like, she could have just been like, I don't want to do this. Even Wallace Shawn, Julie Brown, and Twink Kaplan came back. I'm sorry? Who's that last one? I know. It doesn't read as a name. Your brain doesn't (laughs) register it as a name. But her name is Twink Kaplan. You might know her better as Mrs. Geist. Okay. All right. Twink. Twink Kaplan. I'm going to need you to stop saying Twink, even if that is her <laughs> name. <laughs> and you might think, oh, you know, maybe her her parents didn't know. No, she was raised by uh, Tom of Finland. So he knew. Who's that? Someone's laughing. You may not be laughing as a heterosexual, but someone's laughing. Should I do like a, hold up. <laughs> like we have people in the studio. <laughs> but one person. Like, like talk soup or something. <laughs> Just six guys standing around me. (laughs) Hey, everybody, we watched Clueless. (laughs) And let's see. I think I can recap this one. Do you need me to do it? I'd love for you to do that. Okay. Cher Horowitz is a rich, young socialite high school student in the hills of Beverly. And (laughs) she's a bit shallow, but over the course of the movie, she learns that, hey, maybe maybe I should care about other people. But mostly it's because she has a crush on her ex-stepbrother. Mm-hmm. So she does some things to improve other people's lives. She improves the Match lives. Matchmaking mostly. Matchmaking. A new student named Ty, Brittany Murphy, comes and she helps give her a makeover, helps her find love, helps the people suffering in Pismo Beach, and <laughs> learns to be a better person. 
mm-hmm. and then gets to eventually, I assume, do it with her ex-stepbrother, Paul Rudd. No questions there. Happy ending. I guess. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. We've already <laughs> covered Twink Kaplan in the first part. Yeah. Yeah, we got a murderous row cast here. We got... <laughs> <laughs> we got... The very idea. Go on. Alicia Silverstone. Yep. That's one murderer. We got <laughs> Stacey Dash. <laughs> Yeah, that's another murderer. <laughs> Wallace Shawn. How dare you? Inconceivable. Absolutely. Yeah. Twink Kaplan. See, this. if I start counting things like this, this is where it gets awkward. I just want to point out that four, that 50% of our murderer's row is Twink Kaplan and Stacey Dash. It's Paul Rudd. Better. Getting, the murderer's row is getting better. Dan Hedaya. Yes, my murderer. Is that how my you say his name? I've never said that name out loud. I've never actually, you've seen it on a thousand movies. I think it's Dan Hedaya, is that what I've Hedaya. always yeah. said? That's what it sounds, it sounds yeah. right. We got Jeremy Sisto. Oh, yeah. Law and Order season 13 to 14. He's Billy from drops Six off, Feet Under. Comes back in 17. And ooh. don't forget, Jeremy Sisto also played Jesus in the made for TV movie Jesus. We also got Julie Brown. Not that Julie Brown. Not the downtown. Other Julie Brown. The other Julie Brown, who I actually prefer as a Julie Brown. Can I go so wow. far as to say that? When I was a kid, she did a parody of Madonna's Truth or Dare called Medusa Dare to be Truthful, which me and Jason watched a lot of because Jason was a Madonna, you know, queer. And I was his little brother. So it was just like, I'll watch whatever you're watching. <laughs> and I remember she does a concert in the Philippines, which she keeps calling the Pahilipines. And a volcano goes goes off during her concert and she keeps performing while Ash keeps going in her mouth. It's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Donald Faison? Yeah. Of Scrubs uh, fame. And and Clueless the Show. That was the one that blew me away was that Donald Faison came back for Clueless the Show. Well, this is, you know, well pre-Scrubs, so he didn't have anything else going on. Right, I guess so. It's, I was just surprised looking at the cast how much of the actual original cast came back for the show, but not Alicia. Guest spot by Brittany Murphy, apparently. Uh, this is oh, all really? just from to Wikipedia explain research. Ty's sudden disappearance. No, I think it, in the Wikipedia I, again. I haven't seen it, but like she's playing a different character, so I think it was just like oh, a little wink confusing. to the audience. <laughs> okay, that's it, right? A little Easter egg. We call that an Easter egg now, and there'll yeah. be a twenty-minute YouTube video about it. <laughs> We're gonna break down scene by scene, <laughs> right? Brittany Murphy's guest spot on the Clueless <laughs> TV show <laughs> from nineteen ninety-six. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, so I'm going to be very careful here because Mm -hmm. now I was age appropriate when this came out. So I have Mm -hmm. these like crush feelings that I remember from when I was a child. But Look, you know, I've said what I've said about Atreyu in our never-ending story episode. I feel like you're in the clear to say whatever you want. <laughs> I'm just going to say Alicia Silverstone and Stacey Dash are very, very cute in this movie. And yes. Brittany Murphy as well. Mm-hmm. They are very symmetrical, you know. Had an enormous crush. themselves clean. They clean their nails, I imagine. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Never thought about that, but you're probably Well scrubbed right. knees, I imagine. Yes. Are these yeah. are the things the guys are into. They're well groomed. <laughs> are they friends with Amber or not? I I know that they have like a kind of frenemy thing going on with her. Amber is yeah. the the kind of redheaded lady who's the like vibe. the butt of most of the jokes. Yeah, I think I don't think of it as a, as a frenemy. I think they're sort of semi-rivals or Amber would wish she was a rival of Cher as if one might say. <laughs> but yeah, I think in the I think I always thought they were friends before I watched the movie. I thought they were friends cuz Amber was so prominent in the 
you know, advertising Promos for the movie. And, the, yeah. and then also she was in the show. And I think based on the screenshots I saw of the TV series, I think they sort of upgraded to friend because they were like, well, uh-huh. we got this one from the main cast. Bring her in. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought they were rivals. They never really expressed any enjoyment about her. And she seems to sort of clean up after Cher's leavings, specifically Jeremy Sisto. Right. Well, in the beginning, they're like, they're kind of just showing like a bunch of a montage of them having fun being rich and share even uh-huh. in, the, in the monologue. The narration says, you know, what is this, a Noxema commercial? But <laughs> but Amber is like hanging out with them then. And she's like in the friend group. Like she oh. is like in the photo that they take with Ty when she's trying to hook Ty and. Right. But everything they say to her directly seems yeah. like they are not friends. Yeah. I'm sorry. My plastic surgeon said I can't do any activities where there are balls flying at my nose. And there goes your social life. We usually life. don't say that first part, but we do quote, there goes your social life. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a, that's what she said. You can kind of use it in right. various no, uh, circumstances. Great. Yeah. I feel like I need to explain this more to you. You're not really getting it. <laughs> I did with the Noxzema commercial. I There are a lot of jokes in this that still land, but there are some where I'm like, does that make any sense to anyone? <laughs> Even just slightly younger than me. There's a lot of dated reference in this, but it's very like, I still find it like, I don't, I didn't forget any of the references, you know, it was so prominent. Like, right. But I do. No, wonder. I mean, I, what a Noxzema commercial looks like is very much ingrained <laughs> in my frontal cortex. So don't worry. Don't worry about me movie. I'm good. I'm just I'm concerned about anyone who's even just six months younger than me, not understanding what's going on. I kind of hope they don't, but. You absolutely could remake this today with like, she would be an influencer type like oh, today. Yeah. That would I be wouldn't have the patience for her. I mean, I feel like one of the, the genius things about the Cher character is that she toes a line between just being really obnoxious and being a really sweet girl. And yeah. I think Alicia Silverstone's performance as Cher really tips the scale into the very charming, you know, winning personality. She she has a really good heart, even if she's yeah. just sort of a privileged, you know, California girl who's kind of, she's not dumb in any way. I would say ditzy, which I sort of yeah. put on a different category. She's not like book smart, She's but she is smart. Like she, she almost has, it reminded me a little bit of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, just like she uses words in a way that you wouldn't expect someone like her to use. Yeah. And I find it very charming. You got a good vocabulary, which is actually on her report card. It's this very good <laughs> vocabulary. And then in her geometry score it says nice shapes. <laughs> I did I did see that. I don't know if that was someone being kind of semi slightly perverted or if it was just I don't know what to say about geometry. <laughs> right. I that's I took it as the latter. Yeah. That's more fun if you think about it that way. We also oh, before I say that, I just wanted to agree with you. I think that she could very well be a completely intolerable main character just by what she's playing. She's playing this like super rich kid who's like you said, kind of kind of flighty and very full of herself. But the way she plays it and it's just sweet enough and also funny. That's part of it too. Yeah. Is she's very charming. Even in the beginning when she's kind of an asshole, she's still <laughs> pretty funny. One thing that Lauren mentioned that she always really helped that the fashion computer that she has that helps her pick outfits <laughs> yeah. would come to fruition and it, and it never did, at least not for It really Lauren. never did. And it, it really speaks to a level of AI that, you know, I feel like the NASA scientists or many yeah. number of scientists get on would that. love to get their hands on this idea of being able to pick the right amount of clashing plaids to go together. That's no easy task. Mm-mm. There are people who've studied for years and can't do it. 
pattern recognition. It's tough. You need a human brain oh, for yeah. that. I do like that. I mean, she needed a computer to say that this outfit that clearly was purchased was together. Like together. Was, yeah. These, this very specific yellow and black plaid. <laughs> you needed a computer to figure this out? I think it was, you know, part of it is she has so many clothes. She probably right. forgot that she, she had, needs a database uh, yeah. to be able to scroll through. Cause she just, I mean, she already has the closet that has two separate carousels, spinning automated yeah. uh, carousels, like a dry cleaner. <laughs> and yeah. then she also has this computer system that, uh, I can't imagine the updates every time she goes shopping. Oof. I forgot gotta how that hat focused we were in the nineties. I gotta say that. I mean, Stacey Dash especially has just a number of hats. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Easter Sunday every time she goes to, to <laughs> school. But also there's a lot of, you know, hats. Cher has a one in a shopping scene that was very Blossom-like. Yes. It's very, I forgot that we were wearing so many hats. Why do I have to wear, to quote one of the greatest songwriters of our generation, mm-hmm. yeah. why do I have to wear so many things on my head? End quote, Amy Grant. Amy Grant wrote that for the Clueless soundtrack, but, you know, she didn't have the pop culture, you know, crossover effect yet. So they just had to just, they had to push her off. And she was like, I guess I'll release it on my Christian Contempo album instead. They're like, Amy Grant, she's so 1991. <laughs> I, I don't want to just quote, because I, I, this could be a quote fest. I've got a lot of them written down. So it's we a can, very we can, quotable movie. We can do a quote roundup later, but I do, like the first thing... One of the first conversations that she has with her dad, he says, Dan Hedaya, let's not, I just want to Dan say Hedaya. his name every time we talk. Yeah. About it. Don't tell me those brain dead Lola have been calling again. They are your parents. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> also, wait, while we're on the subject, I just want to say Dan Hedaya plays Grump very well. He's mm-hmm. been a Grump. I mean, he just has that look of Grump. He looks like a Grump. Yeah. And he, in this, my favorite line that actually made me pause the movie was, you know, Ty had just been introduced to the school and Cher brings her over to the house and <laughs> they're sitting down for dinner. <laughs> they're sitting at the dinner table and Dan Hedaya's character just walks in and Cher goes, hey, daddy, this is my friend Ty. And she's about to continue talking and he just screams, literally screams, get out of my chair. And then she, <laughs> without saying anything, Ty just gets up and moves to another chair. But like, that's how he greeted another human being. <laughs> That is gifted with God's grace and dignity. That's how he talked to them. (laughs) This human was blessed by an angel upon birth. (laughs) Given us, you know, a fontanelle and a philtrum (laughs) by the angel Gabriel or whatever the fuck that is. Before she was born, (laughs) Christ knew the number of hairs on her head. And yet Dan Hedaya screamed, get out of my chair at her. Uh, Wallace Shawn plays like a... Kind of a little bit of a sad sack teacher. It's like English. What does he teach? Not English. No, he's teaching debate, isn't he? Debate. That's right. Or is it more than that? Where did, well, what is the larger does. class you would be in when you would learn debate? We had a debate class though in my in my school. I got or a speech class. Speech. Yeah, that's why we did have to do debate in English class though too. I don't know, but he's not our English teacher because. She gets good grades in English, but then has to fight for this one. I can't remember what classes, but debate is basically mm-hmm. debate, even if yeah, it's sure. not. Forensics. Yeah, whatever. He does get some like, you know, Wallace Shawn is, I wouldn't say he's underused, but he's he's a very small part in this. And I appreciated his, I think maybe because I was looking, because I was like, oh yeah, Wallace Shawn is in that. I kind of forgot. <laughs> and then just kind of paid more attention. And he does get, it's just his reaction to the things they idiot kids do he kind of he's not a pushover but he does kind of like let them just 
do stuff. Because Travis Birkenstock, played by Breckenmeyer. Mm-hmm. Flawless name. We forgot him in the Murderer's Row. Oh, yeah. Murderer's Row of Breckenmeyer. You may also know him as not Seth Green. <laughs> You might also know him as John Arbuckle from the Garfield duology that Bill Murray got tricked into doing. Mm. That's something. (laughs) That is. He was in a lot of 90s stuff, but this this is probably the thing I most knew him from, first of all. But he gets a... What does he do first? He gets an award for... Or not an award. He gets the the most most tardies in the the class, and he gives like a speech like he won an Oscar or something. And Mm -hmm. and while Sean just kind of lets it happen and then goes... Okay, you're an idiot. You know, basically, he's not really, you can tell in his head, he's like these fucking kids, but he's like just kind of letting it happen, but not in a like, like Miss Geis gets like bowled over, but like, yeah, he seems like he's like, no, but yeah, you can talk for a minute. What do I care? <laughs> right. He, I, I took it as like, he's not, he's kind of a hard ass grade wise, obviously as part of right. the plot, but he seems like he, I I took it as he genuinely likes the kids. I almost yeah. said loves, but that's not true. He likes the kids, but he's not a pushover when it comes to grades. He will still grade you tough. Right. But he, he seems to like them enough that he's he's not like, shut up, get off of him. He's not like pushing him over. It didn't feel like he was being a pushover, but it also didn't feel like he was completely put out by... Yeah. And my, by Travis. I want to call him Travis Bickle, but that's a completely different character. Travis Birkenstock. He's kind of like amused by, you know, Cher's very zero researched speeches, but yeah. well delivered. And he's always like kind of amused, but it's also like that does no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. He will still give you a fucking D, D- minus for <laughs> right. it. Do you think the the cell phone walk and talk joke, like, <laughs> feel like that doesn't, I don't think people would think that is as ridiculous. Right, it doesn't, as it, it doesn't hit the same way as it did at the time because I have often like lost Tyler in a store and yeah, I just and called him up. until I find him and then I put my phone away. So I've done a Stacey Dash walk and yeah. talk. Yeah, it doesn't hit the same way as it did then. I mean, even just I think the kids having cell phones is a signifier in this movie that doesn't land the way it used to. Yeah. I think the fact that everyone, almost everyone at least, has a cell phone in this movie is supposed to be like kind of a joke. Right. Look at all these rich fucking kids. Like imagine all these children having cell phones, and we were all like, "No, that's (laughs) absurd." It's supposed to read the same way as Cher having a database for her, you know, for all of her clothes. Like it's ludicrous. Yeah, one of those came true, and the other did not. (laughs) I did also enjoy the joke. I don't know if I ever picked up on this. The handful of times I've seen this, that all these people have in the background. And sometimes in the foreground have nose jobs yes, or chin jobs. And they're just like going about their, I did like the girl trying to scratch her nose with her cell phone <laughs> antenna. I didn't see that. Especially in the, when they're on their way to gym class, there's like a shot of like four girls. And then when they're waiting in line, their, their gym class is just waiting in line to like hit a few <laughs> tennis balls. Right. It's a useless class. That's pretty funny. And then I like that Dion's excuse for not being able to hit. It's not that her plastic surgeon said no, like Amber. It's that her tennis instructor said he doesn't want anyone else (laughs) infringing upon his tutelage. (laughs) Uh, It's great. And I mean, we also see Cher. She has a masseuse that comes in. And then there was another thing where she used, I don't know, I can't remember if she used this as an excuse or as a for as a genuine reason, but she had to like get up early because her fitness, like her personal trainer was coming by. Yeah. 
it's a different world over there is what it this is. movie is saying. And Which is funny because, I mean, it is a, it is an adapt, as we said in the intro, it's an adaptation of Emma. Yes. And so, I mean, I think that's its way of like, you know, the gentry of the British, you know, agricultural area. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> is, Beverly Hills is that equivalent of, yeah. you know, the British aristocracy, I'll the moneyed it. class. I was reading, I don't think I've read Emma, but I did read about it and it is, it seems like kind of loosely Based on which is obvious, like, but it's not. It, I mean, this you know, is set in a Beverly Hills high school. But it's I don't also know if you like it's not just the differences. It's not just updated for the times. It's also like, yeah, that character is kind of it's Paul Rudd or maybe this <laughs> other one. You know what I mean? Like, once if you right. get, it's not necessarily except for Cher and a couple. Well, don't forget people. Elton. There is a Mister Elton. There isn't Mister Elton in, in Emma, but it does seem a little bit like. I, I think that's fine. I'm not, I'm not criticizing it, but I just mean like it isn't one to one. Like I was maybe. It's not a one-to-one, but I mean, I also have not read Emma, so I was just reading sort of a synopsis just out of curiosity of how close this lands. And there is yeah. like, I mean, it does a good job of like finding a cultural equivalent and like yeah. Elton rejects Ty because, you know, they don't make sense together. Do you know who his dad is, Was is essentially yeah. his response. And Gross. that's kind of what Mr. Elton in Emma says is that he's like, no, he's like a social climber and yeah. he's not going to marry someone who's like below him Beneath or at the same. Station. level as him he's looking to get up in the world so he's trying to marry up i mean it's pretty on the nose yeah he's also named after elton john just like mr elton just like the original yeah that's how i did laugh i mean they make a joke that dion and Cher are named after you know singers <laughs> from the that... 1970s who now do infomercials yeah. which was true about Cher before she released uh, do you believe in life after love right but i also suspected that was the case with elton and then my head canon is that Murray is named after Canadian singer-songwriter Anne Murray. Actually, I Canadian singer. I don't know if she's actually a songwriter. I'm not sure. I can neither confirm nor deny that. I just want to say that that's Elton in this movie is a Jeremy Sisto's character is a piece of shit, but also Oh yeah, he's a monster. I do want to work in beneath his station more. I do like <laughs> to like that phrasing. Yeah, beneath his station, guard sees him. These are all great. <laughs> Today I was watching a show and someone said, you're out of line. And it was a modern show. And I was like, honestly, does anyone say that? That's one of those phrases that's just in movies and TV shows. I've never told anyone they're out of line. Just like saying things twice. You're out of line. It's <laughs> like saying any. You say anything. something slightly offensive and I call you out of line. Listen, mister. Listen, buster. That's beyond the pale. <laughs> Paul Rudd is in this movie. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Babyface Paul Rudd, which is also contemporary Paul Rudd, but I'm yeah. talking about 1995 Paul Rudd. As we said in our Patreon exclusive episode for Ghostbusters Afterlife, he's a very charming man. He plays a very specific type of guy. He's like college radio guy is yeah. the vibe I'm getting from him. Yes. They kind of mock him for listening to Radiohead, which I'm like, I don't know. Uh, that seems like a very 1995, you know, popular kid thing to do but then he listens to counting crows later on i'm like fuck this guy he's a tool <laughs> yeah no one listened to them in 1995 <laughs> but he's very cute and there there it is weird that the show sort of manipulates me into rooting for these ex step siblings to you know put their genitals near each other's genitals it's just it's one of those things that it's i know it's not technically a problem but it is a little feels a little yeah just a shudder down your spine don't like it's a little too close find someone else both of you 
<laughs> you are the two most fuckable people in this movie, but come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I mean, the show, the, the movie almost goes out of its way to try and find a way, you know, to sort of let it, like they're not, of course, they're not related by blood. He was only, you know, her step-sibling for, a you know, five, or four or five years or something ridiculous. Yeah. And I think most of the time he doesn't like hang around, so they're not like close in any way. He sort of like comes to Danadea's house because he doesn't really, it doesn't seem like he gets along with his parents. It's doing a lot of legwork to be like, it's cool. And I'm like, yeah. you know, in, in Emma, he just sort of lives next door and they've been close their whole life. You don't see how that's a lot easier than all this, <laughs> this flop sweat explanation about why it's okay that these ex-step siblings get together. When Cher even says it, like at the end, she's because it they cut to a wedding, a wedding. and she's mm-hmm. like, as if I'm only 16, and plus <laughs> this is California, not Kentucky, <laughs> which is funny, but also like, so you know, then Cher, that this is weird. <laughs> I mean, it's not illegal, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. If they were to get married, you know, they would establish themselves as a couple, and you know, only if someone asked the specific question, how did you two meet? Which is a question you get asked less and less as you are a consistent couple. Right. You know, eventually you wouldn't have to mention that you once, you know, had the same legal guardians, but not blood parents. We didn't want to, when we first started dating, it wasn't that we were ashamed of where we met, but we didn't want to answer a bunch of questions about it. So mm-hmm. we would just say we met. I think it was like at a coffee shop or something. You've told me this. You were telling people you met at a Starbucks because you didn't want to tell people that you met each other at a snake handling church. Yeah. That you both attended right. in rural yeah. Kentucky. There's just going to be a lot of questions that I don't feel like Where talking about. Where do you about. get those bites from? Why do you guys have the same sort of bites? Why do you call it charismatic when it is absolutely not charismatic? <laughs> And it's just one specific verse in the New Testament. Like, that's really a lot to hang on uh, an entire church. <laughs> so it's like Starbies. We met at a Starbies. Don't worry about it. We met at a Starbies. The majestic adventure music they play when they go to the mall for the first time. <laughs> was lovely. Yeah. I also noted here all the nose jobs. I just crossed it off my list. I've already talked about the nose jobs. Couple, of, Just to get this out of the way. A couple of things that are... Culturally, ixnay now that were, oh yeah, a little bit you would call them, I guess, less ixnay. Edu- yeah, less ixnay at the time. Sorry, I phrased that very weird. They used the <laughs> R word a couple of times. Yeah, and that's a slur. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, unless don't, especially don't do it. you know, it's a thing where like, of course, you could use it in a movie today, but it would not sit well with someone who is like a main character that you're trying to be charming, <laughs> trying to right. make charming. You would use it today to show how terrible the character who is saying it would sound. And also something that people are reasonably more sensitive to today, their share clearly has some disordered eating that she's (laughs) working through, which at the time was just a way of making fun of, you know, Valley Girls or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, she talks about how she had, you know, like a peanut and four M&Ms or something and... There's yeah, a, a few references. Of popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. There's was, a few references. It was like a, a startlingly few calories. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay. And might. she was telling Ty to like, to her credit, she never like mocks Ty's body or anything. But, you know, she does have like this scene where they, they do buns of steel. Another very specific mid 90s reference. Yeah. And that. I mean, it's not terrible, but then she's talking about all the other exercise routines she does, how little she eats, things like that. Yeah. It comes up a few times and it's never like, 
oh, like a serious, it's a joke or like just kind of a way of, you know, sketching her character more. Whereas now you might actually be like, oh, this is an indicator of a clear issue that we, you might want to talk to someone Yeah, Cher, about. sit down for a minute, huh? <laughs> Let's rap. Do you think, okay, so here's a question. Like, thank you. where does the line of people that, thank God, you've got a question. I would have been able to tell it was a question because your voice would have gone up <laughs> at the end. But thank you for prepping me ahead of time so I could brace Plus, myself. I have a, a giant question mark that I always just bring <laughs> down in front of the screen. So the, like, this is playing on the sort of, valley girl thing to well i mean i know she's not from the valley she's from beverly hills but that sort of very like specifically trope. not from the valley that's an hour away everywhere in la takes 20 <laughs> minutes that's another thing that hasn't aged <laughs> that's well a lie. i've been to la <laughs> yeah we were just there that is not true <laughs> but that's the thing that like you know in the specifically in the 80s and then into the 90s like the valley girl thing which is like mocking people from california and they like do people get that like uh, now i mean i guess they had that sketch not that long ago on snl where the people were talking about yeah i'll take the 405 to the five just the sim a similar thing well there was a valley girl movie i had to confirm this i was like did i dream this or did i see it on a pop-up video but uh it was the latter thank god all information I gathered from pop-up bubbles has been tattooed in my brain. I can't remember my boyfriend's middle name. Pop-up video. <laughs> 1983 was Valley Girl, which was like a, a play, I think was the first like wide-reaching, like here's the stereotype of the Valley Girl, the likes, like, cause, you know, whatever. Wasn't that like, there was like a Zappa song too? Or something? Oh yeah, that sounds familiar, right? Yeah. But this almost like, I th feel like that movie was definitively making fun of Valley Girls. And it feels like this movie is just trying to, I mean, it's a little bit like winking and nodding and nudging and a what, a what, say no more. But it also feels like you're supposed to relate to these Valley Girls. You're like, it's almost yeah. like, uh, they're not so bad. They're just being teens. Yeah. So Like your rural Nebraska teens are so cool. Like they're so much <laughs> right. better. They're different kind of idiots. <laughs> we were all. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like this is, it's almost like Valley Girl, the 1983 movie introduced the idea and then Clueless sort of like, almost like took the, not the edge off, but took the like sort of stigma away. And it was like, you know what, just be yourself and you can say like and as if and whatever and loser and you can do the W with your hands, just whatever. It is kind of like, it is mocking it, but also I mean, celebrating it. I just said it. whatever while my, making fun of Valley Girl. I just realized oh, yeah. that I had engaged in the trope while, while talking about it. Well, and there's like, there are absolutely, you know, the sort of surfer dude kind of thing. There are male versions of this, but like, it's also deeply rooted in misogyny too. like just anything a woman does like, Oh, I hate your vocal fry or whatever. You know what I mean? There's yeah. some reason that I, you know, can make myself feel better as a man, you know? <laughs> Cause so you're talking when I could be talking. Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll talk louder. <laughs> Maybe she needs me to explain how a conversation <laughs> works. Remember when nose rings were rare? We we make fun of Dion's nose ring a little bit. She sneezes. Right. Well, this is prior to What If God Was One Of Us, which really, you know, <laughs> brought the nose ring into the canon. <laughs> it is charming to we'll see these things. Like one of us. I feel like this is right on the line, and I was a little confused. There were, I think, Donald Faison's character, Murray, which makes him sound like he's going to a deli to get soup. But <laughs> Murray, he has a tattoo. He has a chest tattoo, not a chest tattoo. Like we would have today in this current age we live in, where it would be across the mm -hmm. clavicle. He has just one right over his nip. But I was like, what high schooler has tattoos in 1995 specifically? Like now, yeah, of course, they all have them. But in 1995, I feel like that was very rare to see a, a, 
a yeah. teen with tattoos. Tattoos. But I'm also not a Californian teen. As Hollywood kept reminding me whenever I was watching a teen movie, and I was like, why are these kids at school, but they're in an outdoor space? Like, all all my common area spaces in, in my high school were, like, indoors, nondescript, corporate prison, you know, chic. Yeah. Why do yeah, they I was get like, to why eat, are like, they always, like, pizza eating hut. outside? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't they, why is their pizza not square? I don't understand. <laughs> and government issued. Yeah. Oh, Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood. Holly weird in a way. Wow. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to mention this one. We were talking about Paul Rudd. He's cute. He's charming. He's got nice eyelashes. But here's the thing. And this proves <laughs> that he's a serial killer. He puts his, when he's making a sandwich, he puts oh, his yes. mayonnaise on the luncheon meat? On the meat. What are you, Jeffrey Dahmer, you freak? <laughs> was the weirdest thing is there anyone in i mean i was blown away when i once watched a person make a bowl of cereal and they put milk in the bowl and then poured cereal into it and i was like what are you doing there is an understood recipe for making a bowl of cereal and it's not what you're doing or people who put like cream in their cup and then pour coffee into it i was like are you take a giant sip of water then throw the pill in there just let it like dissolve <laughs> in the water what are you doing what are you doing man <laughs> What are you just eating raw meat off the bone? What do you when want I'm those like around? pitcher trap plants? What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I, didn't, I couldn't come up with that. But I watched. Called. I watched him do that. It haunts me to this day. I remember it from like I that bothered me when I was a kid. I remember like what is he? What is he doing? And it's it's one of those things where you know actors love to have like stuff to do, right? It just helps it seem more normal, so you're not just like standing in room and talking. So, <laughs> but I love that when when it's weird because they're. Not really doing, I mean, they're doing the thing, but they're, what they're actually doing is acting a scene. And so sometimes they'll do really weird choices. Sometimes cause it's like actors aren't actually human in a lot of cases. <laughs> right. They're, they're weirdos. <laughs> They've been, you know, surrounded by yes men. But in this case, it feels like just like an awkward thing. And he probably, even after he did it, he's like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? I why is that? Go with, I hope they don't go with this. this we edit. Did, so we did 35 other takes. Surely they're not going to use the one where I put the mayo directly <laughs> On the ham. <laughs> Bizarre. Also, they had a, a Dan Hedaya. I mean, there's part of me that wishes I was Cher Horowitz because he has a whole refrigerator drawer full of ham. You see yeah. that? That was like he he probably takes that bin to the grocery store and just says, fill it up, fill it up, weigh the, the drawer, tear it and then start just filling it with ham and I'll pay whatever <laughs> the difference is. Don't forget to zero it out. The drawer does have weight. Yeah, that's the, the tearing. That's the tearing. I just want to say, like, it reminded me, him putting the mayonnaise on the luncheon meat, it is sort of the equivalent of, like, people in movies wearing glasses taking their glasses off. Yeah. It's like, no. I know you want to do something with your hands, but that is wrong, and I feel like you know it's wrong. The only time I take my glasses off is when I do this. <laughs> Which I do. When someone asks you to do a recap of a movie you didn't enjoy, and <laughs> yeah. you have to take your glasses off to rub the bridge of your nose. It's no spoiler, but uh, might have done that when we had to watch The Crow. <laughs> Let's see what else. Elton loves the cranberries. Yeah, he has to get his cranberry CD before someone. What did they say? What did he use? The very before specific someone snags it. Snags it. And then he was also singing along to the. To Cranberries in the car when he's trying to woo Cher. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeremy Sisto, he is a very particular looking man. This is him at his handsomest because he still has got those tw- that 21-year-old skin. But 
everything. His eyebrows are odd to me. They're like little triangles or something. They're, they're like that. if you draw a little mountain, you're just quickly drawing a landscape and you draw a little mountain, just like a little, <laughs> like a little part, you know, two thirds of a triangle, just like <laughs> a carrot. He's a weird looking fella is what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is this thing he can't control makes him humorous <laughs> to me. And he is thus a lesser person. I've knocked him down a few notches. Now I'm the better person. Now I get to drive around singing the Karen Berries by myself. I hope he's a good guy in real life because he has that sort of, he always plays someone like kind of weird or lecherous. Like, like Jesus. Kind of, like <laughs> Jesus. I guess maybe always is not true. I don't know who he plays in. Jesus, I'm just trying to like eat my, eat my soup. Stop sitting so close to me. Why do we have to follow you? This is weird. Yes, you told me who your father was. God, I'm just trying to fish, man. Yeah, I get it. A fisher of men. I got it. Yes, you're so fucking clever. It was just as clever on Tuesday, too. I just want to point that out. And just because you scream it from the middle of the Sea of Galilee, no one's fucking impressed. You keep pulling that parlor trick out of your back pocket. (laughs) So mad at Jesus. Have you seen that Jesus, by the way? No. The best thing about that. The best thing about that, it's kind of like when someone stupid is trying to say something smart. And so they do, they make choices. And so, you know, you know, Jesus is tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And in the CBS Jesus miniseries, the devil appears and DJ, are you ready for your mind? Hold your head together because your mind's about to explode. The devil is wearing a modern suit. Oh, no way. Doesn't that make you think a little bit? Makes me Isn't think. Isn't that kind of like really interesting? Makes me think you ran out of costume budget and you just had a suit. <laughs> Greg, if you can just, just get your nicest suit. <laughs> no, I know. The, the budget ran short. They were doing a whole CSI marathon. And See, you're about like, to take your glasses off and get stressed. <laughs> <laughs> they went to Hawaii or something. So that, that was the whole budget for Jesus blown. Um, so if you could just, I'm thinking. They always blow it on suit, the Jesus surfing black scene. shirt, red tie. Wow. Like kind of devilly, you know? You'll come up with something. No, you will reimburse you, but don't get don't go crazy. <laughs> go to like a men's warehouse. You don't have a suit already? <laughs> <laughs> He's a working actor. You never know. Cher does this really like whining, like ah, and it's actually very funny. That could be very annoying, but the way she like pulls <laughs> it up. She's like she doesn't want to answer the door when Christian comes over, the guy that she has a, a thing for and it's like, I can't. Oh, like just the way she does it. She funny. does this vocalization and a lot of lines in different ways that just repeatedly charmed me. When she, you know, sides that car and she says, should we leave a note? Yeah. It's very earnest. It's not like cavalier while she is currently driving away. Like it tricks yeah. me every time when she says that. And and she has this very cute way when her when her dad sees her in her white dress. He's like, what are you wearing? And she's like, a dress? And he says, says who? And she says, Calvin Klein. It's like a very <laughs> matter of fact, but like kind of like sweet and whiny. Um, she's just a good girl is what I'm saying. She becomes a good girl. I mean, she's not a terrible monster. I mean, she's no. doing it from she's, she's doing it from a good place. I mean, a yeah. good-ish place. I mean, she just wants better grades. But she also, I think, genuinely thinks that Wallace Shawn and Twink Kaplan, two names of humans... <laughs> <laughs> Those are that not even the character names. Together. 
These are the names that someone has on a legal document that says it's their name. Twink uh, Kaplan. Like if Gabe Kaplan was more lithe. This movie is how I learned <laughs> that Billie Holiday was a lady. Because it's a funny line. It is pretty funny. I love him. It's great. It reminds me, I remember there was an episode of The Odd Couple. Who's that baseball player? Sandy Koufax? Mm-hmm. There's an episode where Oscar says to... Felix. Tony. Yes. Oscar says to (laughs) Felix, he says, he says something about Sandy Koufax and Felix says, I don't know who she is. (laughs) And I always laugh because I was like, that's something I I can tell by your delivery that Sandy Koufax is not a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Same with Billie Holiday. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. So are we to assume just from the the look that daddy, Dan Dan Hidea, Hidea (laughs) Daddy Dan Hidea, yep. Gives Josh, Paul Rudd, when he like he's like trying to he's like kind of marble mouthed he he wants to go to the party with Cher he wants to mm-hmm. like go be there and he's kind of like well you don't need me. you don't need me and he's like go to the party and then when he leaves he kind of gives this like Janet gives this like wry smile like my two children are in love <laughs> my two children are gonna fuck <laughs> yeah I don't to I actually he... missed that smirk on my watch and I apologize to Dan Hedaya it's a knowing smirk like it. Could, I guess, be like, oh, he's just, he wants to go to a party. He wants to be a teen. Yeah. But it doesn't seem, it seems like he knows more, you know, he knows what's going on, which makes me be like, charmed by incest. Dan Hedaya, charmed by incest. While Paul Rudd was, you know, marble mouthed and working through the sentence, Dan Hedaya was just going over the family tree one last time. Is this And cool? that's why at the end, he's like, it's fine. I go to Checked. her. Go to her. Go to her. Josh. What are your feelings on the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Let me tell you this. I've never had to knock on wood. (laughs) But I know someone who has. And I something, if I could, something, something, I never had to knock on wood. I like a band that has a payroll so big that they just have an extra guy who just dances poorly hype, on stage hype with man. them. <laughs> skanking. Remember skanking? Do I? I was the biggest skank of them all. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote MMB in my notes, and only now do I remember what that means. So thank you for that. You're, you're that welcome. it was Mighty Mighty Boston's. They are from Boston. Oh, do you think that's where Boston gets its name? Unrelated. It knew that they were from Boston, and they were like, oh, Boston's. What if we lop off a few letters? <laughs> And we just call the town Boston. I like it. Let's do it. Perfect. Were you you into ska? Maybe not like... I know I have that air about me, confident and looking like I'm wearing a short brim fedora, but I was never that into ska. As much as a common man, you know, I I never got into the scene. Just like I wasn't, you know, swing dancing, but I'll listen to Brian Setzer, you know, a few times on the radio. I'm only human. That's, that's not Scott. No, I'm talking about, I was swing dance. I was talking about swing dance. Oh, okay. Dancing. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fool. Okay. Yeah. I was always, people were, I remember being told that, oh, Scott's big. And I was like, what's Scott? And they would play it. I'm like, but what is different about this? And they're like, no, this is Scott. And I'm like, uh-huh. But why is it different than other music? Because there's 20 guys here? Because there's a trumpeter? Oh, because they- What makes they, ska ska? Well, there's like a, it's like fast reggae. There's usually like an upbeat. There's usually a horn section, which at the time was reserved for certain, like there, you know, in the swing revival that happened as well. So it was a big, yeah. big era for horns. Good for you guys. 
they go in and out of favor in pop music. So they had a good time. Yeah, stuff like that. And it comes has grown out of like the merging of like punk and reggae scenes. It's complicated, obviously stolen from minority communities as everything that kind of comes into the I'm familiar with music. Pop culture. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure someone who is like being into like, that's not Scott. This is Scott. Yeah. I acknowledged and you're probably right, but I don't know it. So I'm Got not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I do. But when it, when it hit big in the mid nineties, those were kind of the defining factors. Who were other like, Scots? Who were other Scott people? was, oh man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who was big at... Was Lit Ska? Was Lit a Ska? No, no. Okay. I think that's called Butt Rock, technically. I'll tell you who was popular <laughs> at my rock. at my junior high, and that was a band called the Krusty Watch Guys. I'm sorry? So shout out to them. The Krusty Watch Guys. They were a locally sourced yeah. band? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ethically sourced, hopefully. Not Ethically a blood band. sourced, yeah. You got to wear your checkered shoes. You got to have a guy Ugh. skanking, you know, all the whole thing. Yeah. You're wearing trousers, but also maybe a wife beater. Don't say wife beater, an A shirt. Or is that more swing dancing again? I think I'm confusing all of it into one thing. Real Big Fish. That was another one. Oh, yeah. Sublime? Yeah, kind of. They didn't skank. There weren't yeah. enough people they in were, that band. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm looking at a list, so this is not my categorization, but that does, doesn't sound... I mean, I guess kind of. Anyway, I was not in the scene either. I was like not in any scene because I was 13 or whatever, but if I had been a bit older, I absolutely would have been into into that because i was i got very into grunge which was like later for me i am remembering now my brother had no doubts first album the album before tragic kingdom and that was very scottish there's still some scott elements in tragic kingdom right like the kind of upbeat and the fast tempos and stuff but yeah there's a lot of melding of, of genres more importantly christian's into it and he wants to hang out with the band afterwards don't worry about it Which makes me, it brings up a lot of visions of what the Mighty Mighty Boston's might have been into. I had a lot of questions about Christian. Yeah, get into it. I didn't know, as slightly younger, and maybe I should have, you know, called my brother sometime. Call your brother. He wants to hear from you. Call but your I brother. was like, come on. But Dan Hedaya wants you to call your brother. <laughs> as a gayman, uh-huh. but only slightly younger than this. I was a little confused by what I was supposed to make of Christian because in certain ways it's obvious that the the movie is winking at you and it's doing it in a very, I couldn't tell if it's doing it in a very clever way so that it's a little under the radar, even just to a casual viewer, or if it's engaging in stereotypes that never, no longer ring true anymore. So I was just Mm. mostly confused by Christian or if they're stereotype, they're playing on stereotypes that were never true. And they've never, the person who wrote this never met a gay person in their life. It's not that Christian isn't accurate. It's just like, I'm trying to figure out how stereotypical is he supposed to be? Because he is very rat packy, which seems yeah. very... I don't think that's supposed to be a gay stereotype. I no. think that's supposed to and make him like different. and he's very into ska music, which is also something I've never seen in my life. And But then he's playing Billie Holiday. That's fun. He's reading William S. Burroughs. I'm like, okay, I think I see what you're doing. He's into Tony Curtis movies, specifically Some Like a, Some Like It Hot and Spartacus, which seems weird. He's kind of like it's a swing kid. That, yeah, I guess so. I did enjoy him. He looks like if Jean-Paul Gaultier redesigned James Dean. Like, he's mm-hmm. all, like, squished and lips and, you know, he's very handsome, comely lass. Don't say comely. He's got that wavy James Dean sort of pompadour mm-hmm. thing. But then then also he'll say things like, 
they'll ask the him about ha- Amber, frenemy Amber, and he goes, Hagsville. And I'm like, well, okay, come on. <laughs> By that point, I think we're supposed to start, like, that's the scene where we're supposed to start picking up on this. Well, not to mention, yeah, he's dancing with, he's flirting with the bartender at once yeah. in one part, and yeah. then he's dancing deliberately with a boy, which Paul Rudd clocked across the room. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Cher is still not buying it at this point. Not understanding. But Murray knew. Murray knew the entire Murray. time. Well, yeah. Well, guys talk. Both Anne Murray you know. and the character Murray knew. Anne Murray always knows. <laughs> Even from up in cold, cold Canada, she knows. Do you feel, I do think they like this, especially this era, it could have been very yikes. Just the reveal of this person being a homosexual, like that could have been, I, I don't, I'm not saying they handled it perfectly or anything, but like it didn't make him seem I wouldn't like even a bad see, guy. I don't, I'm trying to think if they did anything bad. I don't think they really did. They didn't I make mean, him seem Murray, like. maybe Murray, you could read it as a little bit homophobic, but it didn't even seem that bad. Like calling someone a friend of Dorothy just seems more dated than offensive, yes. at least for me. Yeah. But you would also say that too, like if you knew that someone was gay, you would absolutely say that to me if I didn't know. Oh, it's like, like horrible not, things. Not, not like friend of Dorothy, <laughs> but you would say stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because it's like. Actually, yeah. you'd probably say friend of Dorothy just because that would be funny because it's so right. dated. Because I'm <laughs> also dated. <laughs> I'm also a gay man from 1945. Yeah. It doesn't make it necessarily like, I don't know. I could, I could see a way you could twist it to be upset, but it's, it's not offensive really. I don't, I don't think. No, they don't like treat him badly either. Once he comes out, he's he a friend. He becomes like, like best friend immediately. And he like helps her in her quest to like become a better person by showing her all the beauty in life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really, I mean, I think to Clueless's credit, I don't know if there's really anything all that offensive about the reveal of Christian. It's like, no, he's gay. That's it. And it's like, oh, then I will stop pursuing him. I won't try to change. That's who he is. So I'm just going to leave him alone. Yeah. And, you know, that's that. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of mocking of him, even in the stuff they sort of engage with, like, you know, William S. Burroughs and Tony Curtis movies in Hagsville don't seem very offensive. They seem very specific to his character and not yeah. just his homosexuality or whatever. It's queerness. The interesting thing, too, is like he... I don't know if he, I would say he leads her on, but I can see where she got mixed signals. I think she they're both know. idiots is what I, what I gathered from yeah, their interactions. I'm like, oh, you're both stupid. Okay. You kind of forgive that too. Cause like, he's not, he's probably as out as most yeah, gay people yeah. were in 1995. He seems pretty comfortable with himself. He's comfortable he's, with like, himself, you know, but like, I could see him not telling her because he doesn't know how she's going to react. You Cause know? it's high school and it's 1995. Yeah. Yeah. You see how picky she is about shoes and they only go on her feet. So you get it. I mean, and also to his credit, like the minute he realizes like, oh, she is trying to put the moves on old Christian. He's like, you know what? I should go home and leave. Yeah. And I feel uncomfortable immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked Cher's wave back to Josh when she identifies him across the room at the frat party because he's he found the only adult in the room. It's like he's deliberately trying not to have fun. And he like sees her and like gives like a wave. And then she just goes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> we rewound it and watched it again because she really snarkily good. smiles while waving like yeah. like you would to your brother or other sibling <clears throat> also about that scene that club scene that very well at club 
I didn't catch this on every any other previous watch, but Brittany Murphy, like, dancing by herself, and every time the camera would come back to her, her she's shifted her outfit around slightly. Yes, yeah. She's wearing an overshirt, and then it's, like, the shirt's tied around her waist. Then all of a sudden, she's using the shirt as, like, sort of a hairband. It's very yeah. cute. It is cute. I want to say this, because this is, you know, God rest her soul, R.I.P., a flight of princes sing thee to thy rest. But Brittany Murphy in this, I was not a big fan of her career. Yeah. But she's great in this. She might be my... There's a, uh, a laser on your forehead right now. I don't know if that's something to worry about. <laughs> she's fantastic in this, and I may even nominate her for the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP Award. She... One, her accent. She's got that Jersey accent. She's rough and tumble. She says this is the first time she's hung around so many straight, straight friends. friends. Which I felt like, I don't know if that meant to what I think it as. I feel like she was like a stoner, and now she was hanging out with straight-laced friends. I don't know. The way they reacted to it. When did straight it? enter the, the zeitgeist as meaning heterosexual? I don't know. I think, I think before this. I think before 1995. <laughs> Well, I know that that queer people would refer to straight people, but I also think it was born out of like the hippie culture referring to straight laced straight laced people. Mm. Well, and this was like the first. Or am movie I of making up queer history? Anyone want to <laughs> reach out? Well, Christian was the first gay, so right. We are all. It's like Adam and Eve. Well, <laughs> actually, Adam and Steve. We're all born from Christian. <laughs> Any gay man worth his salt can salt or salt can trace his lineage right back to Christian from Clueless. Them driving on the highway for the first time, Dion accidentally gets on the highway. We were just in LA, and Lauren said she's like that reminded me of <laughs> my experience driving in LA, just like getting on the that highway, just, like ah, like freaking out. <laughs> that just reminded me of getting on the highway for the first time as a seventeen-year-old. I waited a long time to get my They are not good drivers, admittedly, too. Yes, they are terrible drivers, but also, like, that first time you get on the highway is terrifying. terrifying. There are people that are clearly still terrified by it because they won't fucking merge. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I have much hymenally challenged. I mean, I think Oh, the quotes. Yeah, do you want to do a quote roundup? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it out of the way. You want to start? It's like a famous quote from where? Cliff's Notes. It's good. That, well, that was my get first that? Do they out loud have, laugh. Do they still have Cliff's Notes? Today? Yeah. I'm sure it's like a website or something. Yeah. Cliffsnotes.gov. We already mentioned don't tell those brain, don't tell me those brain dead low lives. I've been calling again. They're your parents. Dion and I were both named out of famous singers who now do infomercials. I totally paused. I like that one. <laughs> I already mentioned get out of my chair, which is uh, you know oh, my perfect. second laugh, like loud laugh. Cackling, yeah. one might yes. say, which laugh? Sometimes you have to show a little skin, which reminds them of being naked, which reminds them of sex, which is, <laughs> I like, like the psychology step. of having to explain why people like seeing, you know, attractive people partially unclothed. <laughs> Cher talking about boys. They're just like these nervous creatures that jump up and slobber all over you. She compares <laughs> them to puppies. And that's when some kid like kind of like gloms on her and she just shoves him away and goes as if. But that was a very good <laughs> as if delivery. Because as if is one of those like burned out lines where it's like it's not funny by itself anymore but that mm-hmm. that did make me laugh it's still great yeah dan hedaya of course when christian arrives full-on you know dean martin he says you think sammy davis jr's death left an opening in the rat pack 
And then he says something you like so the usual dad scaring boys away from his daughter misogyny. But he says, I have a 45 and a shovel. I doubt anyone would miss you. <laughs> Just absolutely withering attacks on <laughs> teenagers. I remember specifically memorizing that because I liked it so much back when I was a teenager. I don't know who I said it to. Kind of scary now. Think about. <laughs> Apparently, you're just threatening murder on <laughs> murder people. people. I don't remember what she's talking about. She says, "I was brutally rebuffed." <laughs> there were a few instances of like really good cinematography with otherwise, you know, normal lines. Mm-hmm. When she's at the party, she's saying, "She says love was everywhere," and the shot is like a guy vomiting into the pool while people are <laughs> <Yeah>. swimming. <laughs> Would you call me selfish? No, not to your face. <laughs> I also got a real kick out of Brittany Murphy sobbing while trying to sing Rolling with the Homies. Yeah. Rolling with my homies. <laughs> we already said my plastic surgeon doesn't want me participating in any activities where balls fly at my nose. There goes your social life. Also, he says to her when she negotiates new grades, honey, I couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right before that, she says, you always say I don't accept the first offer. So I figured these grades were just a jumping off point. <laughs> Dion, don't you want to use your popularity for good? No. She just says, no. <laughs> and also when she loses her, her outfit is at the dry cleaning, she says, it's my most capable looking outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the quote, but Murray says, he calls her, he calls Dion woman and she doesn't like it. And then he has like memorized this block of text or something like some words do have mocking that don't have not necessarily misogynistic undertones. Right. They're and not he's rooted like, in misogyny. He's like, <laughs> he's like pleased with himself. And, like, and then Ty is very impressed. She's like, you guys talk like grownups. <laughs> She's like, this is a really good school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and this is one that Tyler threw at me before I was more familiar with Clueless. This wasn't a personal attack, but he liked to say, you're a virgin who can't drive. Can't drive. Way harsh, Ty. That's another one. <laughs> Lauren and I say that a lot, actually. Shit, you guys have never had straight friends before. We mentioned that. <laughs> How about sterilization? I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I hope not sporadically, which Ty says when she learns the new word and from Cher. Oh, right. And she also calls Spartacus Sporadicus. Sporadicus. Yeah. Wait, do you have more? I just have a freak accident during a routine liposuction. Is how her <laughs> mother died. Right. And I don't have my license, but I need something to learn on for this very <laughs> expensive looking jean. <laughs> Cher is on the phone with Dion and she like, take, you know, talks away from the phone for a second to talk to Ty, I think. And Dion, like, it's been like a second and Dion goes, Hello? Like, she's so <laughs> mad. Oh, it almost makes you forget that she's a conservative MAGA Republican. I know. I don't want to talk too much about Stacey Dash because it, she's so good in this movie. And it makes me very sad because she's gone. Because she sucks now. She, she, she sucks now. She's gone crazy. I actually actually quoted this and didn't know what it's from. But she, let's do a lap before you commit to a location when they get to the party. My brother taught me that when we when I he took me to my first gay bar. Let's do oh. a lap before we... You want to get the lay of the land. Yeah, you just want to know who's there, what's going on. We're the, you know, big crowd at the bar. Where the that guy that Jason never called again is standing so we can stand on the opposite end of the bar. <laughs> you ready to go to the verdict? Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Whee! Hop in my Jeep. I need a, right. another fully licensed driver, but otherwise we can go. 
Or as a gay man, I have a 19, you know, 51 convertible, what have you over here playing Billy Holiday. That sounds more fun. Let's go there. It does seem more fun than a Jeep. Damon. Fuck you, Jeep. Oh, yeah. Damon. <laughs> go ahead. What is your verdict? Your inner child obviously is not an idiot. This is a hilarious movie. Whoa. It's very enjoyable. It's very quotable. It's something, I feel like it's a very Saturday afternoon movie. It's one of those movies you would catch on TBS. Very funny. And watch it to the very end. Every time. You can't yeah. get away from not watching Clueless to its end. Just to see Twink Kaplan get married. You know? I was rooting that. for her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have no bad things really to say about this movie. I mean, maybe the mo the worst I can say is that, hey, don't marry your stepbrother, but they're not even, you know, they don't share a genetic pool. Their their kids will look good. Well, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a given. Yeah. So, yeah, Clueless. Big surprise. Fantastic movie. <laughs> Deej? There's some usage of the R word, which you know, oh, some right, other dated sure. references and stuff like that's nothing quite that egregious, I don't think. But that's bad. But also like it was bad at this time, but society hadn't decided it was as bad at that time. So right. it doesn't get a pass, but you just got to like kind of put a little note next to it. But you're a child is not an idiot. And this movie is great. Alicia Silverstone, Silverstone was adorable. She, like I had a huge crush on both her and Stacey Dash. And I think I was right about that. <laughs> They're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand up for my past self. History has proven you right that these attractive women were attractive. I think I said in the intro that, like, I couldn't remember where the, when the Aerosmith videos came in. Apparently, Amy Heckerling, who's, like, the director and writer of this movie, saw one of those videos and, like, had Alicia Silverstone in mind for this role. Which is pretty cool. And lucky that she turned out to be a, a good actress, I think, because she didn't have as much. I mean, she was good in those videos, but it's a music right, video. Right, but she, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say anything. She just flicks a guy off from the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Rude. It's a good move. This movie's great. I love this movie. I would watch it again right now, which a lot, most of the stuff we watch, I would not. Even the stuff I like. <laughs> it's just great. There's so many little, little running bits in it, like jokes. It does like become less jokey as the movie goes on, which makes right, sense. Which is, yeah. That's how plots work usually. But you've become invested in these characters. You don't want to yeah. see them made fun of. You just don't. Well, the first act it. is just like jokes, 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 jokes. And I really enjoy it. What do you think, everybody? Wait, do you second oh. my, my nominee nomination of Brittany Murphy? We have to have quorum. I don't know because she's good. I like, I like Brittany Murphy and I feel I have the same sort of relationship with her career as I was kind of like, I loved her in this. And then I kind of didn't see a lot else. I've never seen Eight Mile. You didn't see Just Married? I didn't see Just Little Married. Little Black Book? Didn't see that. So I'm not familiar. And of course, like, obviously her tragic Girl death at a young age, like, made her, like, extremely famous, but in not a way that, like, made me want to go yeah. back and watch her whole catalog or anything. She is funny in this. Okay, so, you know, Alicia Silverstone's too obvious a pick. We can't do that. It's got to be an unexpected... Person, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll second it. Let's do it. MVP. The only not the only competition is Dan Hedaya, and he's just not in the movie that much. Dan Hedaya, yeah, we can't really give funny. it to get out of my chair. Yeah, you know, we were talking off mic about Dan Hedaya and how much we liked it, but also like in a 
woman-fronted ensemble, you're going to give it to the only, like one of the few guys in it? No, we can't do that. We've done it We before. already did that. Wait, we didn't do it. It wasn't a league of our their own. Because we gave that to Rosie O, right? I don't remember. Or at least I did in our Instagram feed. <laughs> but I feel like there was another female-led ensemble, and we both picked a man to be <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> and the minute we like put hung up our little microphones, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, just go by like who tickles you know your funny bone, and, and if you don't think about it, you're like, oh, that's kind of shitty. Obviously, like, you know, Alicia Silverstone is, is carrying this movie, and I think that the other... The ensemble is great overall. No, but they're all great. But Jeremy yeah. Sisto aside. Well, you know, no accounting for Cranberries fans, you know? Wow. Do you have to let it linger. Do you have to do you have to let it linger? Zombie. Zombie. You gotta get the, the troubles. The, the troubles, Deej. Get the little yodel in there. Yeah. Uh, it's a little Yeah. How would you mark that in the music? With just a little, no, just I don't a little know. line on it. I've never marked a Yoda. I mean, it was just, I don't nah. know. You get a teenager in and they do the work themselves. You don't have to mark it because their voice is changing, you know? Uh-huh. Guys? Uh-huh. Anyone? Yeah, sure. Mm. What do you think, everybody? Your inner child is an idiot <laughs> at gmail.com. Email us. <laughs> you can text us or leave voicemail 615-576-0525. All right, let's see. Who oh. goes first today? Every time it hits me like a surprise that we have to do this, that thing that we do at the end of every episode. Do that. Do you have to let it linger? Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Big time. We want to thank our patrons, including... Dr. Malcolm's heaving bosom. David Mort. Tyler Richardson. The supreme ruler of this podcast. Shit on the cartouche. Jonathan Day. Jeremy Powlin. Lindsay Alice Halleck. Larissa Maestro. Karen Curd. Heather Tuggle. Like uh, Travis Vance. Demons the Stream Unique. Captain Jean Luc Picard. Totally. Lindsay Nell. <laughs> the Hands of Fate. Dan McIntyre. The totally elusive fan, Gromkin. Oh, I see what you're doing now. Yeah. Josh Frigo. Dramatically plays hot dog. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like when they vomit at the end of the words they say. <laughs> Beth Sermon. Uh, Ugh. Gag me with a spoon. His honor, the mayor. Just cause. Scalphosaurus? As if. Particle man. T. Smith. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like the zesty? Uh, Jackson has like a totally unhealthy obsession with Damon. Agreed. Thank you, everyone. And sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you want to support the show like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Thanks for being here, everyone. Really appreciate it. You, oh, okay. I thought you were talking to me, which you've hey. never thanked me at the end of one of these, but it would be weird if you started now. Damon? Hey. Thank you. No, no eye contact. Absolutely not. That's the longest we've ever looked at each other in the eyes. No. But hey, do you- Thank you. Thank it's you. good for me because you know, the screen's down here, so I actually don't get to have to see you staring back. Right, you just, just have to make look. You, you just look creepy. right right at the thing i'm so grateful for our friendship okay that's hang in there baby <laughs> i don't know what else encouraging to say you did it, 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 it.